Welcome back to the Viewpoint Systems. I'm your host, Henry Gross. I've got a little discussion with uh, author, uh, musician, uh, Australian award-winning children's uh, writer, Mark Carthew, uh, on his new book that he's uh, written in collaboration with Shane McGowan, The Thing That Goes Ping, and it's published by Ford Street Publishing Melbourne. Welcome back, Mark. Good to be back. Now, Mark, um, just... Digressing slightly, looking back, how substantial and important uh, was VoiceWorks to the development of your career? VoiceWorks was a really big project in my life, actually, and, and one of my passions. I, I worked with the publisher Denise Ryan at Pearson on this, and there's 48 books in that series, uh, all illustrated by different people. There was a middle, we started off with a middle primary series, and the idea was to create illustrated play scripts with A, high-quality scripts and B, high-quality illustration and some literacy-based motifs through it where the characters were colour-coded and it was quite a world-groundbreaking series where the idea was to make it accessible for children to read and enjoyable. So it looked like a real book, not just a... um, uh, black and white photocopy, uh, which really at the time as a literature uh, specialist was, was sort of some of the plays were good, but they were so hard to read. So the, the idea was to make it easy to read. And we we had the um, the approval of the, the hierarchy at Pearson to make this a big series. So we, we, we worked with the Roald Dahl Foundation. We worked with Margaret May. We worked with Graham Bass. We worked with Pamela Allen. I was uh, fortunate to have... Uh, some of my own scripts in there as well, but some of the biggest names across the world. So it was a fantastic series, Henry. Mm, absolutely. Now, now your book, The Gobbling Tree, that was the winner of the Speech Pathology Australia's 2009 Book of the Year. When you wrote the book, um, did, did you have in mind uh, a, a particular special focus on speech pathology support when you wrote it or not? Not particularly at that time and it's interesting you should mention that because they've had this award going for quite some time but at that stage of my career um, I had I wasn't really what you'd be called a household name at all and we put that book The Goblin Tree up for the award and we won the award based on a peer group assessment of its literacy value and its its beauty as a read aloud. And that really got the attention of some of my, my colleagues, my author, illustrator friends. They're going, oh, this is interesting, Mark. You know, we, we, we just won this award. It's illustrated by Susie Boyer. And in many ways, that um, really gave my writing career some impetus to, to move on and, and, and do some exciting things in different fields and, and now there's more and more awards around speech pathology from that point on really has has taken off and it's one of the go-to awards in the industry along with the Children's Book Council Awards. The Notables were announced last night actually for this year and there's a few other awards as well like the Family Therapist Award um, the Squibby, uh, Crystal Kite Awards. But, yeah, speech pathology is a special one because it's based on literacy merit as well as the industry-based um, uh, criteria of, you know, what makes a good picture storybook. Now you've got a PhD in writing from Swinburne University. You're currently an adjunct research fellow with the same university. 
Um, you're a 2020 May Gibbs Children's Literature Trust Fellow and you're a former board member of the Australian Society of Authors, ASA. Putting that hat on for a moment, where is the profession now? Oh, gee, that's a really interesting question. I, I think what has been interesting over the last few years, Henry, is that children's books have not gone down the gurgler like everybody thought with the onset of e-books and digital technology. And in fact, uh, they've held, the, held up their end really well. I suspect that's because grandparents, teachers, parents still value the power of reading, that connection that happens, that importance of learning. And of course, we're in a primary school where that's part of our core business. And so books are still around and that's really important. As a profession though, we are under the pump a little bit. I have to say uh, bookstores are closing They're, um, around the world. However, it has been replaced by online sales. The question is, you know, are we going to the lowest common denominator of uh, big overseas publishers promoting those overseas books at the expense of Australian authors and illustrators? And that's where the ASA has had a very big role on promoting Australians' uh, really wealth of talent. We've got amazing designers, amazing authors, illustrators in our country. We, we sort of punch above our weight, Henry, I think, in that regard, as does New Zealand. Um, so that's, that's a positive you, can, you can't have a conversation these days without um, looking at the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had. What did it do to the profession and the industry um, over the last uh, year? Oh, the biggest single thing is that it actually just put a total stop to authors and illustrators touring around schools, bookshops, uh, pr trying to promote their work. <laughs> I'm a good example. I'm Exhibit A here because I... Uh, I it released the Dingle Dangle Jungle last February, just as the pandemic started. Uh, this one, the thing that goes ping, was this February, still in the middle of the pandemic. It's not an easy time to, to uh, promote a book because um, we hope that authors and illustrators uh, will, will be back in the schools this year. It's looking positive, I have to say, but last year was a disaster for that and many authors and illustrators really struggled uh, financially because of that because you earn, earn more money from those sort of things than you do from your royalties, really. Mm. Now, you mentioned The Dingle Dangle Jungle. That's uh, a fascinating book because it focuses a lot on um, South American animals, uh, and um, how, how was that received, that book? Oh, really positive. Some of the reviews have been fantastic. And in fact, we've just put that one up for the Wilderness Society Book Awards this year. So I'm crossing fingers and toes there um, because it has that strong environmental message about looking after some of our sensitive uh, ecological areas. And of course, the Amazon, Amazon River and the Amazonian rainforest areas uh, contain some of the world's most uh, sensitive and threatened species. So really special book, that one, illustrated by Dave Atsi in uh, South Australia. And I'm hoping to go back there, uh, reset uh, May Gibbs this year for a few weeks um, over the school holidays. Um, soon we'll see and, and hopefully catch up with David. Absolutely. Time's away from us, Mark. Um, before we, we wrap it up, um, you might like to explain this. You'd have to see it to understand it, but I'll read out about Mark Carthy, and I'm sure you wrote this. Tell the people what's uh, interesting about it and how it has an impact on, on, on the writing that we try to nurture in our children. Mark likes playing his guitars and gazing up at night for stars. 
He reads a lot, collects old books, surfs king-sized waves and likes to cook. Can you guess the simple clue about some things Mark likes to do? He loves to write rhymes, plays and songs, walking barefoot, sing us alongs. He also likes long nature walks, bird watching and fireside talks. Um, poetical, but there's yeah. something special about that. Yeah, I really liked it. And in the actual, it's the bio note uh, in one of the voice works plays that you actually mentioned. And my name weaves it through. So in the actual bio note of the colour uh, picture story, uh, colour bio notes that were part of voice works, my name ran through that, but not like in your traditional acrostic poem at the start, through the actual text. And I often use that in writing workshops for kids to create their own bio notes about themselves. For instance, Henry Grossack or Robert Kelly, you could do that and write something about yourself in an innovative way that's not predictable or not as as tighter format as your traditional acrostic poem. So that was sort of me with my my poet uh, literacy teacher hat on there. Absolutely. And I had a bit of fun with that one. And, and it's a great one for stretching the minds in, in, in young writers. Mm-hmm. The thing that goes ping, why should people purchase that book? I reckon that's, <laughs> that's a fantastic <laughs> book. I, I, it just works so well as a read aloud. Shane's done a wonderful job with the illustrations. As I say, there's a, there's a strong narrative that doesn't uh, get revealed until the very end and the kids and parents that have seen it so far have given really positive feedback. Uh, it's one of those books you can read as a bedtime story, read aloud and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'll just give people a small sample, one little stanza. In the faraway town of Figgy Traling, you may hear the faint ring of a thing that goes ping. You need to buy the book and read the book to find out what goes ping. Fascinating. Mark, uh, can I congratulate you on another wonderful children's story and uh, Shane McGowan on a beautifully illustrated book and can't recommend it highly enough. Thanks, Henry. Appreciate it. That was Mark Carthew. Uh, Mark's uh, a teacher, an author, a musician, educator, poet and so on. And an award-winning one at that, one of the finest we have in our country. We'll take a short break. Listeners, don't go away. <laughs> 